In the spring of 1993, a Vietnamese farmer was on his way to work as rice paddy when he saw something he could not believe. As he passed his wife and children in the road, his wife sat on a rock and greeted him scornfully, while his children cowered behind their mother. The father was left in a state of shock as his wife and three children had been killed when their village was attacked in 1968 and his house was burned to the ground. Farmer tried to touch his wife and children, but his hands went right through them. He tried to speak to them, but they did not respond. The whole encounter lasted for a few seconds, and then the farmer was left alone on the road. Farmer's neighbors found him lying unconscious on the road and took him to the hospital. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality, about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. That is weird. Is that a military story? Yeah, Vietnam War. Oh, but he was just a farmer? Okay. I guess, I guess it's, <laughs> I should say war. War stories. They're not a war, though. We'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll have to figure out what to call this episode. Christian Lies a Lot, Volume 1. Hauntings related to the military, or, but, but something better than related. But thanks for giving me homework. Anyway. <laughs> I'll work. I'll work on yeah, that. Just let me I, know what to call it. Anyway, welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. Uh, totally off topic. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. We're glad you could join us once again here in our humble haunted abode. If you are new to the show, do me a favor. Y'all have been killing it with the podcast reviews, and we might actually start giving some shout outs at the end of episodes with reviews from you folks. We're, we're behind the eight ball with a lot of stuff because... Uh, of the name of this show if you could leave us a review that'd be fantastic we really appreciate it you guys have been killing it on spotify and watching those numbers go up we are like probably 30 shy of 100 now and that's pretty great seeing as how a couple months ago we we're at like 25 or 30 so appreciate all you listeners out there leaving reviews telling your friends sharing on social media and if you're on social media talk to us we're at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Shout out to all our YouTube listeners. And we are at TFT Paranormal on TikTok. So if you want to get in touch, share a story, uh, keep up to date with what's going on with the, the boys over here, then that's where you're going to do it. We love talking to you guys. If you have a story of your own, send it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We'll put it in either a listener story episode or a, a themed episode along that kind of ties in with your story. And it's a uh, great fun, as people's grandparents might say. 
or as our listener base might say. So anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> Christian shaking his head because I'm making fun of old people and it's fine guys. I'm an old soul. I get it. It is what it is. But yeah, I think that's pretty much all the, the housekeeping. If you have a message, you want to guys, you guys want to leave us a little voicemail, whether it's a scary story of your own or some thoughts on an episode or your theories about stuff that we talk about on the show, we're going to start playing those for you. So if you want to hear your message on the show, Leave us a voicemail at 801-997-0051. And we can't wait to hear from you guys. But in the meantime, Christian, you're going to take away this episode today. What are we talking about here? We're basically going to talk about the paranormal related to like military and the war. Gotcha. Because kind of the stories are kind of not always going to be about instances that happen in the war, Hmm. but or any war. Yeah. But what happened to people that have served in the military as well. What did you think of the first story? Was it? uplifting was it uplifting seeing your dead family and you can't touch them looking at you scornfully yeah that's kind of messed up like hey remember when you let our house burn down dude (laughs) it's fine dad we forgive you from the other side yeah you think that we like here in america whine about ghost that we have here but then and when you hear some of these other stories like back in our tsunami episode and you're like man those go those ghosts leave a mark a lot more than just the things that kind of scare us here yeah our ghosts are going to get increasingly less creepy as time progresses and as soon as hipsters become ghosts that's when it's all going to go off the rails <laughs> i never thought about that yeah i think i might i can't remember what comedian it was it might be daniel tosh but someone mentioned ghosts in the future having like complaining about not having the wi-fi password pretty much and that they're haunting you trying to get access to stupid shit like that do that's you have awesome. oat milk oh, yeah gosh. that'd be hilarious we're gonna start a story that's the best way. Don't end a story without starting it, please, Christian. No, no, man. <laughs> Once upon a time. No, no that's, that's not how we're starting it. This one comes from Gronk0311. I was in the Marines and deployed to Ramadi in 2006. If you know anything about Iraq, you know Ramadi is a bad place. An endless amount of people met their untimely demise in that city. Honestly, so many strange, creepy, and disturbing things happen there. It is, it's hard to determine the difference between the supernatural and Ramadi just being Ramadi. Anyway, one night, we are on a raid. It was a larger operation, so we had more people with us than usual. Maybe two, three-ish platoons, attachments, etc. The raid went as planned, and we began to exfil, which in this case was patrolling on foot back to the base a few clicks away. You know, it's weird. Sorry. Totally off topic. Uh, I told you I started putting a little bit of infrasound in certain episodes and certain stories. Well, I put it at the beginning of this one and then I forgot I did it. And I started getting scared for a little <laughs> bit. Like as you read that story, I'm like, Ooh, why do I feel like a little anxious right now? I looked down, I'm like, Oh yeah, the fucking infrasound. Is that, that happened to me on that one. And it <laughs> threw me off for a it's little just bit. Like this really low bass that you're just like, Oh, I feel that in my chest. Like I'm right now talking to you. I feel a little, and it's probably because of this, but like, yeah, I just, that may, almost made me laugh out loud. Cause I was like, whoa, why am I so spooked out by this? I'm, I'm way happy that you feel that way. Cause I was having a, like, I was like, <laughs> and then my mind would start messing with me. Yeah. yeah I'm was, glad it, I'm glad it works. <laughs> That's great news. I totally spaced on that. that we might have to out. do it in like small doses. Cause, I know. Cause yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I used to listen to that really funny paranormal show, but I stopped because I kept <laughs> shitting my pants <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Just the banter alone got me. We'll have to like learn in our stories. Okay, highlight these, these yeah, lines. Yeah, like the really so creepy push... parts. I'll push the infrasound on <laughs> and just people be like, I don't know what it is about their storytelling, but it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Which in this case was patrolling on foot back to a base a few clicks away. 
For those who are not familiar, let me give you an idea of the area. Ramadi at the time was essentially a compilation of bullet hole ridden buildings, craters, rubbles. Pair that with the large amount of angry insurgents, enemy snipers, and IEDs, and you have Ramadi. You got used to the environment, but you also got used to the idea of being vaporized at any given second. Hmm. My <laughs> nice. My point is, the place was never tranquil, and there was generally a sense of foreboding floating in the air. Back to the action. Well, from the sounds of it, every second there is the action. Pretty so, much. Yeah. Pretty much. As we were patrolling back, it's the middle of the night, and we are about two-thirds of the way there when the patrol starts to slow down. Up ahead, I can hear a few of our guys yelling at someone, but no shots. My guess was probably they stumbled on someone and told them to go inside. No big deal. After a tense few moments, we resume and are back in the wire within a few minutes. As soon as we get back, I hear that some real weird shit happened on our way back. Loving a good story about weird shit, I hunted down the guys who were there and asked what was up. They seemed pretty freaked out, which after a few months in that city is hard to do. Here's their account of what went down. As we were passing an old abandoned ice factory, my buddy looks over and notices a random little girl walking out of the building towards them. Unfortunately, in that part of the world, even a little girl can kill you. So he turns and yells to her to stop. The girl doesn't even look up or acknowledge him. Two other Marines have taken notice and have stopped to face her. She keeps walking toward them. Now all three of them are yelling for her to stop in English and Arabic. Still no response. The rifles come up, and they keep yelling, praying to God she will stop. About two steps from someone having to make the worst decision of their life, she randomly stops, turns right, walks to the corner, turns right again, and starts walking down the main road through town. After about 25 yards, they watch through their night vision as she just fades F away. No fog, no no obstructions, just fades away. These were three hardcore guys, I knew. Not the kind to joke and make things up. All three saw the same thing, and most of us at least heard it. After he finished telling the story, the guy just sat there while staring off, trying to find an explanation for what had happened and what he had seen. That's kind of spooky. Yeah. I imagine it'd be like a super common thing out there, just residual ghosts. Just from all the horrors that have happened. And the Middle East has some of the craziest stories out there. Well, it's like the oldest part of civilization, too. So, I mean. The stories are wild. Yeah. And that's a different time. And we in America, again, going back to America, our Mm -hmm. ghosts are relatively young. Yeah. Compared to some of these places. I mean, even England, you go back thousands of years. Mm -hmm. But the Middle East, who knows how many thousands of years you go back. Yeah. And if there were, if ghosts are, if there's ghosts. They're going to happen because people have always lived in that area since yeah. we've had civilization. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's about time we do a full on gin story episode because those are the middle. Oh man. So my favorite stories come from that, that region. Yeah. I think it's just enough different and exotic mm. that like we can't quite grasp again, because we're in a Christian world now or mm. the world we live in is basically Christianized. Yeah, those um, dirty, dirty Christians, right? I, did, I didn't say that. So we see the world in a different way. Yeah. And maybe some parts of the world have not been shown to us because of religion. All I the mean, nasty Christians, right? Religion. All those dirty, hippie-ass Christians with their love and whatnot. Religions and war. Hmm. 
you know, and the, the wars of religion, which yeah. no matter what religion you're in, wars are a problem. You yeah. know, when you come, when you're like, it's really hard to justify. True. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, we're used to shoving your opinion down our throat, Christian. We get it. <laughs> There's only one dirty Christian we know of. Okay. No. Get him. Everyone. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone lay off Christian. He's a good sport. He he means well. I do. You are correct. <laughs> oh, God. Man, this show is going to get so off the rails, dude. Yes. It's, this soundboard is going to open us up to a lot of trouble. Dumb shit. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, folks in advance. This is my father's story. He was a tank commander in Israel during the Yom Kippur War, which was disastrous during the first days of Israel. Throughout the war, he survived the destruction of seven tanks, where he was the sole or one of two survivors. He was the guy looking out, out at the hatch when the tank got shelled, so he'd be the first out of the hole. Anyways, during the last tank he survived, he was hospitalized and had an out-of-body experience, white lights, peacefulness, and then a loud voice telling him to go back, and that it back. wasn't his time. It's not your time. <laughs> Afterwards, his spirit went to my grandmother and told her he would be okay. She woke up, called my mother, and said that he had been injured, but would be okay. A few hours later, they got the call from the hospital confirming that he was injured, but stable. This dude survived seven of these. Can you imagine even after it happened once, you'd be like, ooh, 100% rate of me having to escape this thing from blowing up. And then like that happening six more times. Yeah. He must have been had like hella PTSD just from tanks alone. Every scene, like, no, 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 keep me away from that. Keep me away from that. I don't want to die. Mean, PTSD was kind of like not something anybody talked about back then, but it's always mm -hmm. been a part of war when you actually hear the stories of yeah. it, you know, from ancient times, it, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. From but your yeah. favorite, ancient times. Yeah. But sometimes people, some people just keep going or handle it differently. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. I no, get PTSD if someone says some, says the wrong thing to me. I'm like, I can't talk to that person ever again. It, it's it's funny because like when I think of the worst thing to serve in in a, in a war, tanks feel like it's... Mm -hmm. It Maybe. sounds like something would be like heavily armored. You're like, oh, no one's going to be able to get us. But yeah. Also highly targeted. Yeah. And w yeah, you can't get out of it. It feels like I just. Yeah. I spoken, get it. Spoken it's, by two people that have never been in war. Yeah. So please, if you are a military person, just we, ignore us. Yeah. Ignore us. But it's just scary. That well, is scary. Or it could be have to do with that time that guy stole a tank and drove it around the, everywhere in <laughs> San Diego, running over cars and making me realize what tanks could actually do. Yeah. That show is pretty wild. Day Drinking with Bob. Wow. Love the name. I was stationed at McGuire Air Force Base for a while, and in 2013, me and a friend were leaving from the dorms to walk over to the dining facility. It's about a two-minute walk. We work mornings, so it's, it's about 5.30 a.m. As soon as we hit the pavement of the parking lot, we hear the laughter of the little girl. We don't see anyone, so we just looked at each other, thinking wind or deer or something. Yeah, it's what I usually hear when I hear women or little girls laughing. I'm like, is that the wind? Yeah. There are deer nearby? <laughs> Fast forward a month, I'm in my car, and it's nighttime, and the light on my phone is reflecting off the driver's side window. I thought I saw someone standing outside the car, but when I looked, there was no one there, so I chalked it up to me scrolling Facebook. I guess because they, he the, was scrolling, he just thought that's what made it look like someone was standing uh, outside the window. Weird. Maybe. I guess I've seen my own reflection do weird things and be like, oh my God, spirits. Yes. Occasionally. Our brains aren't aren't used to cell phones maybe yet, so it triggers parts of our brains that shouldn't be triggered in those situations. Yeah. You are correct. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that guy. After a few more minutes of scrolling, I get out and there's a little girl there standing in front of the dumpster with a white dress and a whitish hat. And she laughed and ran around the dumpster. No. <laughs> now, I'm slightly scared because the laugh was the same laugh I heard a month prior. But I was also concerned because it's, there were a few families that live on base and maybe this girl was a dependent. She was like eight years old, maybe, and it was cold. So I looked behind the dumpster where I thought she was hiding, but no one was there. I circled the thing twice and my other friend comes out and she asks what I'm doing. I tell her the story and she helps me look in one of the abandoned buildings that's right next to ours. I think there's no way this little girl could be fast enough to run into the building by the time I got behind the dumpster. But we looked and found nothing, so they didn't figure that out. Next story wasn't me, but a friend of mine who was previously stationed in Guam. He said he was on the second floor of a three-story building and his neighbors upstairs would always run around at night. Thinking they were on opposite, opposite shifts. <laughs> now, you know why Will and I talk like this, right? Thinking they were on opposite shifts. <laughs> oh, God. No, oh, good stuff. Anyway. Actually, I'm not going to use that story. So we'll cut it at the end. I'll be, are you offended? Are you okay? No, no, I don't really. I, I remember that story now. I don't like that one. Hmm. I like the first story, though. Weird of you to keep it in the episode. This is from Sibo McDebo. This is coming from my grandfather who served in the RAF, or Royal Australian Air Force. He was a helicopter pilot. He fought during the Vietnam War as he had only just enlisted when the war started. He flew an Iroquois helicopter. He was delivering supplies to Long Tan. When the battle happened, and he went out to deliver some to the boys who were fighting. Come here, boys. No. That's <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Years later, about 12 years ago, he went back to the site while in Vietnam. He said that the second he got within one mile of the area that the battle was fought in, he could hear the battle raging like he was there. He could hear all the call signs and the cries of injured soldiers. At one point, when he was near where the main group of Aussies were, he recalled hearing the voice of a soldier he knew really well talking over the radio. He kept walking to the site, and he said that just as he got there, he could hear the brush moving like the Viet Cong were right there moving around him. Pop isn't a superstitious man, but he felt like, but he felt the spirits of those who died there were reliving the battle every day. Oof. Yeah, that's not what you want to do. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what, like, I think a lot of the Warfield ghost stories feel like, is it's yeah. like... Is this torture for these spirits? I know. Can you imagine that in like a daily loop? Maybe, you know, if, if that was true and these soldiers had to, soldiers, spirits had to walk these, these paths forever, mm -hmm. maybe wouldn't, we wouldn't go to war as much. Maybe. Hard to, I mean, humans. You can get off your soapbox now, Kurt. No, I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I imagine that might be a possibility. Those kind of stories ever since there's an old Twilight Zone episode about. Yeah. The Korean War, I believe, mm. where a guy would see like a light in the face of people just before they were going into battle and going to die to the point where he's he like so he knew who was going to go into battle and die. Like when his mm. friend was going to die, he could see because there was like a, a shine to his face. And then eventually he looks in the mirror because he's going crazy. Nobody believes him. Yeah. And it's just he's traumatized. Like, hey, don't go. Don't go out there. Yeah. And then he finally looks in the mirror, I think, to shave. And, and he sees the shine on himself. Yeah. Uh Oh, but make this a sad story happy he looked relieved 
Oh, he's like, oh, finally I get to die. I mean, because if you had that knowledge and you were a soldier, that would be horrible. Being a soldier is so traumatic already, but if you knew. So why did he look relieved? Because he didn't have to see. Any more people die? He didn't have to know that his friends were going to die. Oh. Sold and his fellow soldiers, you know, because you feels I'm, a little political. If I'm being honest, but I mean, yeah. this is done in the fifties, though. Twilight Zone, yeah. So, so it kind of was yeah. political, but so it was also, awesome. yeah. but it's not wrong. Yeah, no, it's not wrong. It's the not. tragedies that he put that Rod Serling put on. <laughs> I was like talking to you. Have a cat? It's like, what are you a DJ over there? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but you know, Rod Serling was kind of. He pushed the envelope, but please go ahead. I'm glad I entertain you. It's very entertaining. Yes. I don't know if it's entertaining for our listeners, but um, sometimes they seem to like it. <clears throat> yeah. Super flinch. See, that's why I laugh when you're when you're reading the stories and you say the name. Some of them just like what the super flinch. Super. No, it's fine. She's super flinch. Hey, <laughs> ow. Exactly. <laughs> I know that song. When I was stationed in South Korea in 2008, I have a very clear memory of waking up to someone in my barracks room. I sat straight up in bed and there was an ROK, Republic of Korea, soldier bending over my fridge. I remember clearly that he was an ROK soldier, not a CAT USA, K-A-T USA. Hmm. Unfortunately, this is some of this stuff is like foreign language to us because we didn't serve. But yeah, the people that did understand this a lot better than us. Oh, about to shut up. <laughs> I've done that multiple times, yeah. <laughs> Which are Korean army embeds that work with the U.S. forces. I was going to say Korean-American something, so I was yeah. close, but whatever. I'm not here to brag, folks. <laughs> At the time, Kat- Katusas were modified ACUs, but he was wearing... At the time, Katusas wore modified ACUs, but he was wearing the green BDU-like pattern of regular ROK soldiers. <laughs> he was young, too, maybe 20. I took a sharp intake breath of surprise, which caused him to stand straight up and stare at me. I remember he looked just as surprised and confused as I was. Then he was gone. I had a hell of a time going back to sleep. Side note, I'm a female, so thinking someone was in my room was terrifying enough, let alone a ghost visitor. Hmm. Man, we're back to weird, freaky time, altered time, time clashing. I don't know, man. I mean, it kind, yeah. of, it kind of makes sense. It that, it does to an extent on the absolute, you know, complete mind fuck that time is. But yeah. we also have to remember that time is a one hundred percent a human construct. So that we can't even call it time. It's it's we don't, we don't know what it is. Yeah, we don't understand it. We call it time so we can keep track of it, but we don't actually know what's going on. And you know what makes it like when you when you see a scientist explain time. You're like, holy crap, that's confusing. Yeah, they don't even know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So nobody knows. Nobody has any idea, which is why aliens, okay? You hear me? Or or God <laughs> or spirituality is I, important. Uh, it could be all of these things. Yeah. And time. No, time doesn't exist. Time isn't a real thing. You know what? We're humans. For us, time exists. We It's like magic for us. We brought it into that's existence. That's putting us in our own box, right? Isn't that like kind almost of, yeah. creating our... See, that's the but, issue. But it's our invention. Exactly. To and keep from chaos. And now we're trapped by it. That's what we were told, to keep us from chaos. Is that the truth? I mean, when we had people tell us these grand pl- proclamations, in sure. the past, it doesn't usually end up to be true. So maybe this isn't true either. 
don't anyway, know, different episode. Yeah. So I, was like, I guess we've got to do a time episode now to really get to the bottom of this for, for nobody, not but, even ourselves. But it's always, fa- again, the, one of the reasons I included this one, because it's always just fascinating to see what you're seeing, be like, oh, crap. Mm, <laughs> like, I know. See yeah. you at the same time as you see it. I see you at the same. We don't know what it is as yeah. you see it, Christian. We just went over this. <laughs> okay. And then the bond is broken. Weird. X, X, Eckies. X, X, Eckies. <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> just turn that into a whole beat or something like that, man. Yeah. I'm just going to do it differently then now that you know. Double X, Eckies, double X. Dos Eckies? Then what's the X's at the end? Dos Eckies, dos. Oh. I have no idea. Me neither. Who fucking knows, man? <laughs> you don't want me trying to figure this out, Christian, all right? I went on a 20 minute tirade about the existence of time. Yes, you did. Usually that's my realm. It says retired air f- AF. I was like, retired as? No. <laughs> I was like, sometimes you know what I mean. Retired Air Force was assigned to a comm facility an hour away from Yokota Air Base, Japan. It was 19, between 92 and 98. Two of us on the night shift one night. Sergeant Friend was sitting at the table in the break room watching TV, and I was standing at the doorway behind him. On the other end of the room, was a big window that viewed the open grassy field in our field compound. It was around 1 a.m. and I saw this human-sized figure slowly move across the grass as if it were walking, but yet floating about 30 feet in front of the window. It freaked me out and froze me in place for a few seconds, but I didn't dare say anything as it I didn't want to seem crazy. Then slowly my friend turned around from the table with his eyes wide and kind of freaked out and says, did you see just see that? You gotta love when there's a witness. Yeah. I think him turning and confirming what I saw was even more freaky. We then proceeded to explain this exact same thing that we'd just witnessed to each other. We then walked the building. No one else was on shift. The compound fence was locked and there was no explanation for what we saw. But it messed us up for the rest of the night. During shift change the next morning, one of the Japanese civilians that worked there told us that some Japanese on the site during World War II committed suicide after the Japanese surrender. We never did have any other explanation for what that was, but it was the most chilling, unexplainable thing I've ever seen and was glad yet free that I wasn't the only one to see it. I think that's just like some extra good validation. You know, especially like in his head, he's sitting there, he's like, I can't ask any questions. People are going to think I'm crazy. Then have your friend just be like, did you see that? Like, how can you ignore that at that point? You know, like there's something was there, you know, this is like when you see like multiple sightings of something. Yeah. And this is sometimes where skeptics are like a shared hallucination. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, did you just start there or could it, I mean, you know how easy it is to discredit something by just being like, oh, you both hallucinated at the same time. uh, And and it is possible. It's lazy, but it's less possible than one person hallucinating the same thing. And Mm. it, so if you bring the numbers into it, you got to look a little deeper it's when stuff like infinitely likes, less yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. You got to start looking at other things too. Yeah. That's me as a skeptical person saying that. Wow. You are correct. <laughs> as always, <laughs> I am wrong. Well, you had your chance to really ride that wave, Christian, and you let us down. We're going to go... This isn't a Reddit story. This one is about a monster. The monster in the mountains eats children. Oh, well. I don't, I don't know if I should come up with another title for that because that. I think it's a little too late, Christian. I think it's already there. And it's very clickbait worthy. 
just the <laughs> thumbnail on YouTube. Monster and Mountain eats children. Yeah, it just seems like something that the YouTubers, YouTube algorithms, like, oh, yeah. And it sounds it. like it sounds like something every every Karen in the world would look at as a beacon to shine their hatred. And obviously, they don't know me. During World War II, a British company of soldiers was stationed in a remote village in Switzerland. Everything seemed normal until wood, tarps, and valuables started disappearing. At first, these incidents were dismissed as minor thefts. However, when a child went missing, things took a sinister, sinister turn. The disappearance of the child was just the beginning. As, as time went on, more children and even a private from the British company went missing. Ooh. The villagers were terrified and rumors of a monster started spreading like wildfire. One night, the soldiers saw a mysterious figure and chased after it, thinking it was the being that was prayed that had preyed on the village. The giant bean that <laughs> was preying on the village. <laughs> I remember saying to myself recently, when whenever you see the word being, you're just gonna try to think of a different word. You're gonna say entity. Or... Yes, as, as 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 much as I was traumatized about what you do to me whenever I say being. Yeah, I, I go to visit, for the brand. Christian. I go out of my go out of state to visit my sister, and as soon as I'm on the airplane, Scott releases new a new shirt making fun of me with a few words. What were those words? Because I'm not saying them. Uh, I believe it was oranges and Sasquatch and beans and the freaky deaky. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and maybe not in that order, but around that. Yeah. If People I was love a, the way you say those words, man. Beans. Orange, you know, <laughs> Sasquatch, <laughs> dude. Come on, man. You're a walking fucking Sunday Times newspaper clipping cartoon. I was traumatized on the plane. I bet. You are correct. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. One night, the soldiers saw a mysterious figure and chased after it, thinking it was the, the being that preyed on the village. Just going. I already hey, I already hit it once. I'm not gonna I'm yeah. not gonna double up on the same joke, Christian. That's yeah, just not how I do things. Though they never caught the figure, they discovered a cave. Shots were fired from inside the cave, and the soldiers returned fire. Upon upon pre, pre, <laughs> <laughs> You were like hanging by the thread there for a moment. I know. I've been there where like there's like a small tickle in my throat and just like just get to the end of this sentence, dude. You can do it. You can figure it out, Scott. Yeah. And then you realize how, like, why do I do this all the time? Every time you do it, you're like, I don't know why I just did that. Yes. Would have saved more time just taking a drink. Yeah. Pressing further into the cave, the soldiers found the body of the British pirate. Private. <laughs> the British private pirate. Yeah. Johnny Depp, drunk on the rocks. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's it sounds too much like a a sexual innuendo of sorts. The it doesn't even sound military. Sorry, the private pilot. <laughs> we got to end the episode right there. No, it's like people are like, why was this episode only twenty minutes? Well, because I couldn't control myself. You get it, right? Yeah. You guys ready for more spooky ghost stories? <laughs> All right, let's try this again, Scott. All right. I believe in you. The soldiers found the body of the British private who had been shot through the heart. You are correct. <laughs> he was surrounded by half-eaten bodies. Keep laughing. Yep. Of the children. Oof. Yeah, well, here we are. That went missing. <laughs> yeah. 
The soldiers were horrified and realized the monster they were chasing was actually one of their own. Cannibal? Yeah. Mm. So, I was going to say, aren't the real monsters often the humans? That's what I often say, too, man. I'm, fi- I'm finally getting in your head. Yeah, and for once, Christian... You are correct. <laughs> for once. For once. Nothing like... Uh, you know, when I <laughs> read that story, I was like, that's kind of kind of creepy. So, I mean, it's not a Christian episode without it being a little macabre. Let's be yeah, honest. I still think that's funny. I do that. Yeah. There's a lot of weird things that you do for the type of person that you are. <laughs> but you really bring life to this podcast, Christian. And that's what matters. Good to know. And you're the world's punching bag at this point. So that's that's all we can ask for, you know? It's amazing that it don't, doesn't always make me cry. Yeah, it's only occasionally. Every once in a while. The building at 727 Tran Hong Dao in Ho Chi Minh City, also known as Saigon, was oh. a building that housed American servicemen. God damn, I'm getting a little dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> American servicemen <laughs> that honored that housed American service members for much of the Vietnam War. It's like doing an episode with Dan Rather. <laughs> That's what it sounds like sometimes, dude. Yeah. I, I agree. You are correct. <laughs> People are very tired of that by yeah. now. I can feel it. Yeah, you'll have to change it up more often. I know. Well, you give me plenty to use. So, But its construction was plagued by accidents from the get-go some of which killed the workers building it. Many blamed it on the number of floors the building had. 13. 13. Yep. Which was considered unlucky. But spoiler alert, every building that has 14 floors actually has 13. Yeah. So was it unlucky? I don't think so. Like time, humans have made... 13 exists. Yeah, yeah. Humans have made numbers their own prison. Spooky. Yeah. The spooky numbers got me. It's Feng Shui. No, I'm just joking. It's not. Oh, I took you as being very serious with that, Christian. So I'm glad <laughs> no, you clarified. In, in order to, to calm their fears and get the building completed, the architect decided to call in a shaman to fix the building's feng shui. He just puts up a four and takes <laughs> down the three. He's like, yeah. it is done. <laughs> Whoa. Which somebody actually did back in the day. We're like, well, we know the problem. Just yeah. cha- change the floor number. Yeah, exactly. It's comical. To say the least. What? You can do that? Yeah. Mr. Vanderbilt, you're the richest man in the world. You can do anything. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Buy me a president. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It's said the shaman brought the dead bodies of four virgins Mm. from the local hospital and buried them at the four corners of the building, which would protect it from evil spirits. I would protect it from people wanting to come visit the building. Yeah. When they find that out, they'd be like, I'm sorry, what happened here? Yeah. Four that's... virgins, really? Wow. <laughs> that's not any kind of feng shui I've ever heard of. I know. <laughs> Usually people just move their couch around. This yeah. person's like, all right, first things first, give me four dead virgins. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> to this day, residents hear screams of horror in the middle of the night. The sound of a military parade unmarched through the building and the apparition apparition of, of a spectral american gi walking holding hands with his vietnamese girlfriend ah like a romeo and juliet situation like all kinds of situations there yeah like, no man i don't want to be there yeah there's a lot going on that's a lot to digest if you're just coming in for the day you're like i'm sorry walk me through it one more time what's happening here Th- that's kind of what like made me pick some of these pick the like the subject because mm-hmm. i read a story about vietnam and it just some of those stories are so scary. Yeah, not I guess only you be- could say they're haunting. Yeah. Not just because of the, like, I think the war was 
when you hear the stories from that war, it's just horrifying. But yeah. then you add in all this, this other stuff from local legends and local hauntings or whatever. Local paranormal is just hmm. local paranormal. That's the, that's the name of our new show. <laughs> Welcome to local. Paranormal. Can, can, can you, can you imagine if, the show Loco Paranormal was run by a white guy and uh, whatever you are. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's almost as bad as a show called The Freaky Deaky being hosted by a white guy. And actually, no, you kind of bring that one in. You bring that together. What? I think that's a cultural what thing. What are you trying to say? I think I'm pretty sure it's a, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm pretty sure it's a little more cultural in one direction. Not the band. I do have culture. That is actually. I am wrong. False. So. <laughs> All right, man. We're going to go back to Vietnam. Oh, cool. I saw some strange stuff in a tunnel in Vietnam. It's a little wordy, but okay. I'm intrigued by the strange stuff at the very least. I've kept my mouth shut for almost 50 years. Why the hell would I start talking now? Friends, terminal cancer will do that to you. But Christian, you don't got to make it so sad, man. <sighs> I don't, this is, doesn't seem sad to me. This is just life. Wow, man. You're like a walking fortune cookie most days. <laughs> and gotta tell you, it's refreshing. Thank <laughs> you so much. A watch, walking fortune cookie with Williams Shatner. Yeah. Way of saying things. Yeah, it's like the perfect harmony between Star Trek and a Panda Express. <laughs> so yeah, that's what you get when you come to the Freaky Deaky. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Shit you thought you'd, you'd take to the grave suddenly become shit you desperately want to tell someone. Anyone. Now that I'm nice and sad, can we talk about the ghosts? Yeah. Cool. I won't b bore you with a long lament about my time in Vietnam. It was shitty. It was shitty for everyone involved, and it was particularly shitty for me. I was 5'3". So he not only had to experience all that, but everyone's butt was in his face when he was walking around. Yeah, that's rough. Shitty indeed. <laughs> if you don't know... What being particularly short during the Vietnam War entailed, let me fill you in. You arrive in the country and your senior officer points at you and says, you'd be a good fit for the tunnel, commandos. Want to join? <laughs> Didn't think about that. Yeah, all the tight spaces. Yeah. Now, technically, it's a question. At service in platoons was voluntary, but it sure as shit didn't feel like a question. It felt like an order. And so that was my burden for the war, to be a tunnel rat, climbing down. Down deep, dank, dangerous tunnels filled with people and animals who wanted to kill me. Usually we operated in the huge Coochie Tunnel. Excuse me? Coochie. <laughs> Usually we operated in the... In the Coochie Tunnel. Coochie Tunnel complex near Saigon. Wow. Okay. Man, yeah. Christian, you, you have a habit of writing episodes that make me laugh hysterically. They're also incredibly sad. So I look like an asshole. Whenever we do these episodes, I look like an asshole. Man, it's nothing better than laughing and crying at the same time, though. That is the story of my life. Yeah. So this is a tunnel complex near Saigon. Gotcha. But not that day. On that day, we were ordered to investigate a tunnel complex way up north near Da Nang. Two of us were sent into the tunnel that day, myself and Benoit. No, Benoit. Benoit. Yeah, Benoit. Now, usually black guys manage to, to avoid becoming tunnel rats on account of them being so tall. But Benoit was burdened with the double misfortune <laughs> I, of I, being... Sh <laughs> I need you to not call him Benoit. <laughs> okay, it was a joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there was a professional basketball player, I think, named Benoit, and it's messed with me ever since then. Sure. Okay. Now, Benoit was burdened with the double misfortune of being short and black during the Vietnam War. Been there. Yeah. A, a curse I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Is that you or is that a plan? Mm, that's not me. Oh, okay. Usually your stomach makes weird noises. Yes. <laughs> Indigestion. <laughs> Diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> that's a sound bite. I need to get diarrhea. Uh, that's why I said it quietly. Hmm. That's actually, this is a sound effect Scott added. Yeah, it's not actually a plane flying over us for the 10,000th time I should today. Have, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just got everybody would have thought that. All right. I was first into the hole. Benoit followed. Now remind me, is this the coochie hole? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, gotcha. We both had our model 39s, some C4, our wits, and not much else. If you're wondering why we carried the small caliber mo model 39s, go fire a Colt 45 in a neural tunnel and come back to me. The last guy who tried, tried that got a ticket home with blood pouring out of his ears. We crawled for what felt like an age. The tunnel was a tight fit, which meant it was probably freshly dug. It also stank something foul. That usually meant either spoiled food or some poor VC bastard died down here and was left to rot. After 40 minutes of crawling in total silence, I saw the tunnel ahead. I saw the tunnel ahead open into a room. I tapped Benoit on the head with my foot. I heard him ready his pistol and climb down into the open chamber, pointing my pistol at the shadows. The room was dimly lit, by a small oil lamp. It was also deserted. We took a moment to adjust, and it was the longest single tunnel segment either of us have ever crawled through. It also had no traps, which was unusual. Where was everyone who dug the damn thing? Save for the lamp hanging from the roof and the canvas tarp on the opposite wall, the room was empty. I approached the tarp and used my pistol to move it aside. Behind the tarp was a stone staircase leading down. A stone staircase this far underground, I whispered Benoit. BC didn't build this. This is old, very old, older than, than America old. Benoit whispered back with fear in his voice. We've come this far and we have to keep going. We both walked slowly down the narrow staircase. Our flashlights had red lenses and I swear the illuminated staircase looked like it was descending into hell. The staircase was almost as deep as the tunnel was long. I finally saw the staircase blocked by another tarp. Light was coming from the other side. I moved aside the tarp with my pistol. My finger trembled on the trigger. My eyes lit up, my heart raced. I almost pulled the trigger, but I didn't. Something made me pause. The room had at least 10 people in it, none of them armed. I pointed my pistol at the group and, and illuminated them with my flashlight. They didn't respond. They just stood there rocking gently back and forth. Benoit, don't shoot. There's people in here, but there's something wrong with them. I stepped in the tiny room, which was lit only by small candles. Benoit followed. We both shone our flashlights at the people and they paid no attention. They continued to rock gently back and forth. I put my flashlight in one of their faces. I clicked my fingers. She didn't respond. Her clothes told me she was VC. They were all VC. Three women and seven men. All each, all gently rocking back and forth. Not a care in the fucking world. Their eyes were a solid color. Which color I can't really say because they were only illuminated with the red flashlight. Benoit motioned 
with his flashlight to the corner. Their rifles all sat in a pile, badly rusted. Jesus Christ, Benoit, how long had these poor fuckers been down here? I don't think Jesus Christ frequents this established came Pinwall's terrified response in his thick Cajun accent. I shone my light to the front of the room. The VC were all facing a small altar. I walked toward it. On the simple stone plinth stood a gold statue illuminated by several candles. The statue was ornately crafted. It was a beautiful naked woman, the top half anyway. The bottom half was something like an octopus. Dozens of tiny gold tentacles had been meticulously crafted to the woman's torso instead of legs. The statue had some writing on its base, a writing I didn't recognize. It said Ursula, the little mermaid. Yeah, have your voice. I reached out to pick the statue up and take a better look, but Benoit shouted, stop, don't touch it. I retracted my hand about an inch from the statue. We need to leave this place quickly, Benoit said, as he put his hand on my shoulder. Are we just going to leave them like this? I said as I shone my light in their eyes. We'll plant C4 charges and put them on a 90-minute timer, he said. They're just going to blow them all up? Yeah. He said as he was already removing the C4 pouch from his belt. They're unarmed, I implored, turning to Benoit. These people are dead, maybe worse than dead. I saw something like this once before at home in the bayou. I didn't argue any longer. Black magic. Shamanism? Yeah, all of the above. I didn't argue any longer. We planted the C4 charges in a rush, set the timers for 90 minutes, and ran up the stone staircase as fast as we could. Felt like a lifetime till we reached the small room with the lamp. I climbed into the tunnel and Benoit followed. Suddenly we could hear a woman's voice faintly calling from behind us. Ignore it. Keep moving, Benoit shouted from behind me. I didn't need to be told. I wasn't going back. It was the longest crawl of my life. I saw daylight and kept crawling even though my hands were raw and bloodied. I merged into the light, light of day and gasped for fresh air. Benoit followed. We warned the others about the C4 charges but told them nothing else. Benoit and I sat in total silence away from the tunnel entrance, waiting and praying. The ground shook, a dull thud was heard, and a spray of dirt emerged from the tunnel. We both breathed a sigh of relief. It was only after an experience like that that you can ask the small questions to this day I still ask myself. Who the fuck was keeping the candles lit in the demon room? That's what I was kind of thinking, too. (laughs) I like that story. I kind of like it's well written, so it makes me wonder about its authenticity. Yeah. But it's it's creepy as hell. Exactly. Yeah, man. I mean. I've said it before. I believe all like the weird like people that kind of like worship different idols and different you know, gods of the, of old or whatever. I think that shit could be real. I mean, obviously we live in a Christian nation, myself included. You live in a sinner's paradise, but I think that the old gods existed. I just don't think it was the right entity. It wasn't like the one you should have been worshiping, like demonic or whatever. I don't think there was a right or wrong entity. Okay. Yeah. I understand that. Yes. Everyone can believe what they want to believe and myself included. No, I'm just saying the world makes more sense if these old gods are in it. Hmm. So naturally wherever you're from you're going to worship your gods yeah you know there, there's i don't question that it just adds a lot of craziness to like you know biblical stories that i read where it's like they worship this god and this god and you know, hear all those and you're like oh it must just be like a gold statue right well but, i think when you you come from at first from the christian angle because of the way the belief is hmm. you don't really believe that there's other gods and then you go through history later on as you get older and you find out yeah for However long humans have been around, they've been worshiping different gods. Yeah. And 
those gods were just as real at, to them as like the Christian God is to hmm. people of the U.S. Or what if they all exist? That makes the makes the world pretty crazy, man. If they all exist, it makes a lot of the happenings in the world make a lot more sense. Yeah. And I'm not one to judge which one's right or wrong. I think there's good in all, all the religions, basically. Yeah. But, you know, it's just not my thing. But it's it, it adds a lot more clarity to some of to the world. Yeah. And maybe the chaos of the world. I just don't know. How else would you explain this particular story? Is, are you telling me someone went down into that tunnel and, like, kept these lamps lit every single day or every few hours and then like the people sitting there rocking and shit like that's and they're looking at this weird half human half octopus gold statue that's i don't know man there's too many like weird puzzle pieces there that when you put it together you're like i'm just even more confused than when i started this no i i agree it is a very confusing story isn't it story and it can go a million places i mean yeah even to the zombie level but isn't it fascinating that that's even a possibility. Like it could be something completely rational. Maybe someone does go and, you know, it's just like, a. The, you look at like British parliament or something like that, or not parliament, but like British soldiers and stuff mm -hmm. where they don't react to you doing anything. They just sit oh, there yeah. and like, so it's like people do this. Yeah. But so that could, it could have been something just as rational as that. It's like, this is their worship or whatever. And they have done it for so long that they're used to people trying to get interrupt them or whatever. It just doesn't work. But the opposite side of that is something creepy as hell is going on or something like crazy that is completely understandable or not completely un-understandable miss miss misunderstandable what damn man i have no idea it's not understandable to it's beyond our comprehension and that's crazy to think about what's really funny is how you started that off trying to explain in an unlike scott way hmm. this is what's rational and hmm. i'm like there ain't nothing rational about the story, man. <laughs> yeah. But you, you were, you took, you took the... But no, I mean, I just like to... I mean, I suppose we've been doing this show for, what, three years now or something like that. It's... I think we both have kind of shifted a little bit on beliefs. And like, so I can, I can completely see rational sides of things, but I also know that the opposite side of that, if it's not the rational explanation, it's fucking crazy, man. And you have to sit there and, and like try to somehow come to terms with that and be like, this is real. Yeah. This is a real thing that happens. This story, if it's the only rational thing I, I would be able to figure out with this story is if this was written like as an assignment, like a creative writing assignment. If this is a true story or how somebody truly experienced something, yeah, it's it's a psycho story. You're like kind of glad they that they d destroyed whatever was down there. Yeah, it's wrong. It is kind of yeah. You kind of feel like Ooh, wait, they're just blowing them up. But that's super scary. Like what could control people like that? That they're just standing. Are they standing there or sitting there? I think they were standing there. Yeah, just all standing there. Just I picture them like lined up and, and they're just, yeah, just rocking. And, you're like, and their weapons were rusty in the corner. So they, they've been there for a while. I didn't even think about that part. Yeah, that's nuts, dude. I don't know. I, we need some input from listeners on this one. Tell us what you think is going on in this story, because I am completely flabbergasted by just everything. Like I said, the, the more you look at it, the crazier it gets. And you're like, wait, okay, now I understand even less. I'm going to throw out my theory. Okay. Just throw it right in the garbage possession Ooh, interesting possession and then the demon that possesses them just stands there controls the whole environment so yeah if the demon can can possess somebody it could light some candles what if the the spell needs the energy of like so a certain amount of people in order to work and so these people are like okay we have to have these people they stand down here forever i mean we hit all demons all have their different things they like to do maybe this demon takes the energy of these controlled people to spread its word into the maybe surrounding world and and the the old staircase the whole nine man yeah it's like there's just so many things in that that you're just like you know what 
What the hell was down there? Marines in Vietnam would often try to recruit locals to help guide them in their area of operations. In some areas, however, the locals were fearful of going into the densest, darkest parts of the jungle. The reason they found was the local superstition that phantoms called Ma occupied the trees there. Hmm. Montagnards warned the U.S. troop that reanimated corpse... I got wild there for a second. I don't know what that word is. <clears throat> I mean, I know what that word is, but I, I don't have any... I didn't put in here what it means. Montagnards? Yeah, Montagnards. Hmm, Montagnards warned the U.S. troops that reanimated corpses awaited them in the trees. The Marines, of course, shrugged the stories off as folklore. Like, oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. See you later. We're Marines. Yeah, we're the few, the proud, the Marines. I almost said the many, which would have been a total contradiction. Yeah. Starting in 1965, it became very real. American troops in the jungle of Vietnam began reporting ghostly figures moving supernaturally through the trees. Others reported fang creatures with black eyes that would try to kidnap and consume unsuspecting troops. In one encounter, the beasts were found to be bulletproof. It didn't matter what time of day it was, the corpses lived by both day and night. Since the triple canopy jungle kept the sunlight from hitting them, the military's top brass decided to get rid of it. That's the real reason the military developed Agent Orange <laughs> and Napalm. The Marines would then roll in with flamethrowers to finish the job. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. But also, you're fighting spooky ghost creatures in the trees. So, hey, do what you gotta do, you know? We're gonna get back into those, I think, in a future episode because I, I after I put this in here, I saw like three or four other stories yeah. about this. Christian, what the hell is flying over us? That is, that's probably the loudest plane I've ever heard in my life. And it's the second time in this episode it's done it. I'm going to say an F-22 Raptor. I'm, I'm going to say a UFO. Just kidding. That's UFOs are quiet. It's just hovering over us. Or we're floating in space because it came down and beamed the entire house up. And we're like, what's that sound? They're like, oh, it's the vacuum of space. That's the chemtrail plane. Mm, gotcha. Wow. That's buzzwords for people that are into that. <clears throat> pe pe people that know, know. Yeah. If you know, you know, you know. You know. And if you don't know. And you don't know. Yeah. That's how it goes. That is. Yeah. So anyway, that's a, yeah. A lot of those stories were out there, like not <laughs> in America, but I guess that obviously it's kind of a military related episode. Yeah, we don't usually fight wars here in America. Yeah. Well, we do, but it's all on Twitter or some shit. So right. I guess for the best, maybe. I'm not here to get into that, but there were some, there were some weird ones. Nothing is going to be weirder than that, you know, underground tunnel rocking people story that is just i don't want that to be a i don't want that to be a reality because yeah, that is you too want scary. that to be fake you're like yes. please tell me that was made up yeah because that is scary beyond anything you want to ever experience yeah and i want to experience some pretty scary stuff but with that being said that wraps up the episode that's it i don't know what we're doing next week i've, I've got a couple in the chamber i'm not sure we're gonna finish up but either way you're gonna tune in you're gonna come for the good times and the spooky vibes that's what we do around here so if you are on social media and you haven't yet, give us a follow, give us a like, whatever the term is for the, you know, you know the drill. Like and subscribe. Like and prescribe. Uh, at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. And then at TFT Paranormal if you're, if you're on TikTok. If you are enjoying the show and you want to know how to help us grow, sorry for the rhyme, 
give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, really wherever you're listening. You guys have been killing it lately with the reviews and just helping us get the word out there. It really, you may think that it's such a small thing that you're not really doing anything, but you are helping us push that needle. And honestly, it is super appreciated. So thank you for all the kind words. We're going to start reading some some of our favorite reviews at the end of episodes as well in the future. We just got to get everything kind of aligned for that. Uh, life is constant chaos, as I've mentioned in the past. So what it's, can you do? This is around first birthday time. Yeah, so it's, birthday it's time. very chaotic right now. It is very chaotic. So please give us give us some grace. And if you want to contribute financially to the show, we don't have a Patreon or anything set up. We don't have bonus episodes. We may do that in the future. But for the time being, we do have the sickest paranormal merch the internet, the internet, the world has to offer. So you can find that at thefreakydeaky.com. Click on the shop button, get into all kinds of fun stuff, including a shirt that has Christian's favorite words on it. And if you, if that tickles you, well, go ahead and give it a purchase. Every, you know, I'm done selling the show. You guys are here. You're here. Send, share the show with friends and family. Leave us a review. Find us on social media. We love you. We'll see you next week on the Frinky Dinky Deuces. Deuces.